Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Are you going through tough times feeling like your suffering has no purpose? In today's prophecy update, Pastor J.D. emphasizes that when you suffer, the Lord will bring blessing. In the depths of your pain, know that God is by your side, gently guiding you through the storm toward brighter days. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on July 30th, 2023. You want to talk about change. You know, we, we're change adverse, right? You know who you are. I won't look at you. That's fine. You know who you are. You don't like change. That's why you like to park in the same spot every week and sit in the same seat every week. Again, I won't look at you. (laughs) We're adverse to change. But could it be that that's why God has to make things very strange? Because He knows otherwise we would not be interested in said change. I'm not going to entertain point B if I'm too comfortable in point A. I'm not going to, I'm not interested in relocating to point B. I know. That's why I'm going to make things very strange for you. And I'm going to relocate you. And the strange is going to be the catalyst for the change. And unbeknownst to Jacob at this juncture is that not only is Joseph alive, he is going to be relocated to Egypt where he will rejoice all the days of his life. Reunited with his son who, if you will, has been in effect resurrected from the dead. More on that in a moment. So too is this true for us. Everything coming against us is getting very strange. However, it's a sign of what's being prophetically prepared for us as a very big change. We're going to be relocating soon. And it ain't going to be Egypt. It is of paramount importance to note that Joseph is a type of Christ. Uh, We've talked about this in prior updates and teachings. In fact, I have, uh, they should still be available online, PDF files, uh, because I love charts, right? I think, I'm I'm convinced that I'm going to be, for all eternity, God's going to just let me make charts. (laughs) So I have a chart, and there's over 120, I think, parallels and types of how Joseph is a type of Jesus. 
more so than anyone else in Scripture. By the way, Isaac is a type of Christ. Moses is a type of Christ. Throughout Scripture you have typology, but none match the type of Christ that Joseph is. Stay with me. This seven-year famine, it's a type of the unspeakable change coming in the seven-year tribulation. Oh, and it gets better. This is what I love about Bible typology, Bible prophecy and Bible typology. It's that Joseph taking a Gentile bride prior to the seven-year famine as a type of the bride of Christ being taken in the rapture prior to the seven-year tribulation. Oh, it gets better. Does that sound like an infomercial? I'm sorry if it does. That's not all. (laughs) Jacob. You know, Jacob is also called Israel. Remember when Jacob wrestled with the Lord? That was a Christophany. That was Jesus himself, a pre-Bethlehem appearance of Jesus the Christ, wrestling with Jacob all night long. You want to talk about strong will. Wrestling, for those of you that are wrestlers, that's why it's so important in Ephesians 6 to note that that's the word used when the Apostle Paul is talking about the spiritual armor. He doesn't say, we, we battle against, that's too generic, that's too ambiguous. No, he says, we wrestle against, not flesh and blood. Wrestling takes everything from you. I think I tried wrestling in, in high school. I lasted a minute and 30 seconds, I think, and then I was pinned. I thought, you know, I'm I'm not really feeling that this is an area of interest for me. It was brutal. I think it took me weeks to recover from that experience. I'm still traumatized. Obviously, I'm still talking about it. So he's wrestling with the Lord, demanding that the Lord bless him. And the Lord's like, I'll bless you, but I have to break you first. So he breaks him, touches his hip socket, which from what I understand is like one of the most painful parts of the human anatomy, forever changing his walk, literally and metaphorically, for the rest of his life. I have to break you. The breaking always, always, always precedes the blessing. Gideon's victory The blessing came, the victory came, subsequent to the breaking of the vessels. Jesus in the feeding miraculously of the multitudes on more than one occasion. And by the way, the record that we have in Scripture of 4,000, that's just the men. That doesn't count the women and children. 20,000 people. The blessing of and the miracle in the feeding of the multitudes came subsequent to the breaking of the bread. Brokenness always precedes the blessing. So, Jacob, I want to I want to bless you, but I got to break you. Because you know, Jacob, Jacob, you know what the name means? The name is the nature, it, it heel snatcher. Aggressive, strong-willed. I could fill in some blanks. I'll let you do it cuz yours words will probably be more appropriate than mine would be anyway. In other words, you're, you're, a, you're a conniving, strong-willed, self-ruled man. And you will no longer be Yahob Jacob. You will now be Israel, governed by God. 
And, oh, your 12 sons? They're going to be the 12 tribes of Israel. A type of Israel who is saved in the midst of the seven-year, listen, famine slash tribulation, which is the whole purpose of the tribulation, is for the salvation of the Jewish nation. That's the purpose of the tribulation. And Israel and his 12 sons, a type of Israel going in and saved in the midst of the seven-year tribulation. And the bride of Joseph, a Gentile bride, is taken, never heard from again, pre-famine. Did you get that? I know I get, and I'm, I guess I'm guilty as charged. Forgetting just a little bit, it's a sanctified anger, but I just get a little bit animated when it comes to those who try to intimidate us to cower and falter at even the mentioning of a pre-tribulation rapture. Oh, you're so dogmatic. Well, let's talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego then. I mean, just the typology of the rapture in the Old Testament is profound and prolific and pronounced. See, here's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How strange. They're thrown into a furnace that's turned up seven times hotter. Got to be careful with the fingers. I get (laughs) comments. People, he made the devil sign. No, I didn't. That was seven. sorry. Not really, actually. I'm going to apologize. Why seven? And then here's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into the midst of the seven times hotter fiery furnace. And here's King Nebuchadnezzar. You guys, come here. Am I seeing things? How many guys we throw in there? Well, King, we three, but He goes, there's four. And the fourth looks like the Son of God. Oh, that's because it is. That's Jesus. In the midst of the seven times hotter, fiery furnace, where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are saved. You'll forgive my humor. But and seeing the humor in it, but I find it very humorous that Nebuchadnezzar would be like, hey, you guys, get come out. I'd be like, you threw us in here in the first place. By the way, the guys that threw us in here, they're dead. They burned up. I'm, I'm sorry if that's crass or insensitive, but you know, you threw us in here, and actually I don't want to come out because Jesus is here. And he saved us in the midst of the seven times hotter fiery furnace. A type, a picture of Israel being saved in the midst of the seven times hotter fiery furnace of the seven year tribulation. Where's Daniel? I'm I'm just asking. Oh, Daniel like the Gentile bride of Joseph is was pre-famine. Well, Daniel was pre-furnace. You want to know how I get there? 
pre-furnace Daniel is not there. Why? Because he was taken up, exalted to a high position pre-furnace. A picture of the church. Can I give you one more? I've got more, believe me. Let's talk about Noah. This is a misnomer. Many think that the ark represents the salvation, but Noah and his family represent Israel, who are saved in the midst of the flood. So you'll forgive me, but you've got the famine, the flood, and the furnace. Do you see a pattern here? So you got a guy by the name of Enoch, who was pre-flood, like the Gentile bride of Joseph was pre-famine, like Daniel was pre-furnace. And here's what's so intriguing about the Noah typology. You know that they went into that ark, and they stayed there for seven days. Not eight. I'm not going to do the fingers again. <laughs> not six. Seven. Oh, that's, that's just a strange coincidence. Okay, whatever. No, that's called Bible typology. That's scripture picture. It's a foreshadow, a type that points to the person of Jesus Christ. Everything in the Old Testament points to and is about the person of Jesus Christ, starting in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning. Let us create man in our image. You ever catch that? I mean... I, I, I felt so stupid because I've been walking with the Lord for many years, and I was posed this question, why didn't God say, let me make man in my image? I'm like, I don't know. Duh. That's the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image. Jesus is there before the foundations of the earth, before creation. <laughs> I wanted to say that I feel better, but I actually don't. So I got a little bit more I want to get off my chest, and I I want to do so by way of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 through 53. I want to preface the reading of this passage about the pre-tribulation rapture by just humbly suggesting that everything taking place in the world today, as strange as it may be, means were about to be changed. The Apostle Paul, writing by the Holy Spirit, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, We've talked about the trumpets, and this is where people get twisted into prophetic pretzels (laughs) when it comes to the trumpets. The last trump, the first trump. Well, let me just, again, maybe it's an oversimplification. If it is, you'll forgive me, but let me just give you a quick explanation of what the trumpets are and who they're for. If there's a last trumpet, there's a first trumpet. The last trumpet's for the church, the first trumpet's for Israel. There's the trumpet of God, and there's the trumpet of angels. The trumpet of God is for the church, and the trumpet of angels is for Israel. 
Please, please, please make that distinction. This is the last trumpet. It's for the church at the rapture of the church. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible. These are the the bodies of those loved ones that will be raised first, their spirit present with the Lord, absent from the body. My daughter Noel, my mommy, I hope my daddy, and all of my loved ones, and many from this church over the many years that went home to be with the Lord, are absent from their bodies, present with the Lord. They're going to get their new glorified bodies first in a bodily resurrection. So they're going to be raised first incorruptible with their immortal bodies, and we shall be, and here's that word again, changed. Changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. In other words, (laughs) this thing isn't going to get shaped or built or... I'm just getting a whole new one. I can't wait, because this thing's got a lot of miles on it. And don't look at me like that, because yours does too. We all do. Why? Because outwardly we decay, but inwardly we're renewed day by day. This is why it is that that everything just goes south, literally, because of gravity, the older you get. I mean, you can try to, you know, tuck and snip and whatever they do these days, which I guess is a big thing, by the way. But you ain't going to win, because outwardly your body is decaying day by day. But we're going to get new bodies, glorified bodies, eternal bodies, incorruptible, immortal. Oh, I, I put it in my order for, you know, just you know, just suggestions, you know, my wish list. You know, can this time, can I have hair and shoulders and... (laughs) Anyway, I digress. You know what's sad? You and I just shared with, with you and this scripture that I just read with you, And the prophecy I just quoted to you about the pre-tribulation rapture is seen as, you'll forgive my overusing the word, strange. It's rare. You'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who dare talk about Bible prophecy, let alone the rapture. And even if they do talk about the rapture, the pre-tribulation rapture, well, no, that's not going to happen. So much so that this notion of a sudden change at the last trumpet in the rapture that happens in a moment is, I guess, causing some people anxiety. Last week, my son Levi, part of the priestly tribe of Israel, He brings to my attention this Washington Post article published on April 21st titled, Rapture Anxiety is a Thing. The caption below reads, The Left Behind series was a phenomenon, but experts say that for some it contributed to lifelong feelings of panic and paranoia. Why do you mention this? Because I mentioned in this 
And that's why my son sent it to me. And what makes this so strange is that my son Levi did an online search of me for a friend who asked him about me, and this came up? That seems a little strange. We've been doing these Bible prophecy updates for well nigh 17 years. Our YouTube channel alone has over 2,000 plus videos, many of which are Bible prophecy updates not to mention the other platforms we have. And then we have a number of people who put them on other platforms that we're not on. And my son enters my name, and strange that the top search result is this article that mentions my name in it. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. How strange that this online search would bring up, of all things, an anti-Christian and more specifically an anti-rapture article as a top search result. Listen to just a brief quote from this Washington Post article. The rapture. It's most often embraced in evangelical or fundamentalist circles. In the late 20th century, it was reinforced through popular media, including Hal Lindsey's 1970 best-selling book, The Late Great Planet Earth. By the way, you know how many people came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because of Hal Lindsey's book? which interpreted world events as signs of the end times, as well as the 1972 thriller, A Thief in the Night. Remember that movie? You know? With the bell-bottom jeans. In the 1990s, Tim LaHaye and Jerry B. Jenkins' wildly popular Left Behind series joined the canon. But... These ideas are not relics of the past. Gran's grandmother, that's the individual that is talked about in the article, introduced her to the rapture at a young age via videos of end times ministries and preachers, including J.D. Farag. Well, it's good to know I'm not a relic at least. For Grand, the rapture panic she felt during the pandemic was the beginning of her faith unraveling. She says she no longer believes in Christianity or the rapture and holds space for religious trauma survivors on social media. Her grandmother is still awaiting an ascent to heaven. I wouldn't bring it up with my grandma. They believe, and I I find this very interesting, listen to this, I'm quoting, it will happen at any moment. That's 1 Corinthians, in a moment. In a minute. In a minute. Any minute. In a moment. (laughs) I'll leave that one right there. They believe it will happen at any moment. We believe it will happen at any moment because the Bible says it will happen at any moment. And she concludes by saying to them, it's heaven or hell. That's because the Bible says it's heaven or hell. They're not going to give that up or take that chance. Would you? Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. 
Some of what you've heard today may have encouraged you in your faith, and at times it may have brought up more questions that you would like answered. If you're wanting to get in touch with us, go to jdfarag.org and find the contact link at the bottom of the page. That's jdfarag.org. There, you can let us know some of the questions you might have, and we'll get back to you and try to answer those questions as best we can. While you're on our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If what Pastor J.D. shared today has you really confused about what it means to know Jesus and life beyond this life, there's a resource for you that might be helpful. At jdfarag.org, find the ABCs tab. This will walk you through what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus and what that means for you going forward. Once again, our website is jdfarag.org. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Just scroll to the bottom and click on Calvary. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Thanks for listening in to the Prophecy Update for today. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. The Bible and its prophecies are not to be taken lightly. And so we'll keep digging in on In Spirit and Truth.